Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hi, I'm Kristen from Safeway. Your grocery shopping just got easier. Did you know we can deliver your groceries the same day through Safeway.com? Shop online and have your groceries handpicked for you and then delivered to your home or office. Plus, you'll get free delivery with your first online order. Service available in select areas and may be provided by a partner whose pricing and policies apply. Visit shop.safeway.com. This is Kristen from Safeway and we'll be on your doorstep soon. Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, topics, loaded like offense, co-centric, talk about it often, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, do it big. Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Danley. Thank you guys for coming back for another show. Um, we've got some interesting stuff for you guys today. We've got some interviews with some of the players, coach, and uh, we're going to get through this a little bit, but... Uh, I wanted to kind of express a little bit of what we're seeing down there uh, with these guys, because these are three really important. I mean, obviously, everybody wants to hear what Frank Reich has to say. A lot of his focus in the interview was on Andrew Luck and the, and the questions for him as such. But uh, we've got the, you know, the Dion Kane hype that, that's coming up. And uh, it, it's really interesting to watch and kind of fun to watch as you see. Uh, there's there's uh, an, it's a it's a it's a more inclusive kind of hype to f- uh, folks, because uh, the a lot of the the comps are to the Duran Carter situation when he was in camp. That's just it, it, they really aren't the same thing. Uh, they're just not. And I'll explain that here real quick before we get to these. But what it boils down to uh, ultimately for me is that Duran Carter hype was hype off of how his touchdowns were made. I mean, he he caught some touchdowns. He caught a couple nice touchdowns. Uh, throughout that camp in 2015 there was a lot of hype but we have to remember back the full story because he was missing easy easy peasy passes uh, drops and he just there was a different mindset from him in general from Deion Kane man we're seeing a guy who's really eager to uh, to get to the next play to learn this guy can he has excellent body control Uh, we hear about him talking about some of that with his time uh, from his time with Randy Moss in the offseason and kind of what that taught him and he's got the body control he's got the awareness of of where he is on the field Uh, he's a guy who will run any route if you ask him to he understands that you have to be that full uh, competition that full uh, everything in a wide receiver, he understands that you can't just be the flashy guy. You've got to be the guy who's coming into each practice session, each drill, uh, ready to impress, ready to work his butt off. And that's ultimately what he brings to the table. He brings that he's running quality routes. He's working his tail off to do it. 
Uh, he likes running, you know, the different routes. He's running up to the line of scrimmage, guys, in between plays. Like when they're switching uh, from first and second team and they're just uh, doing little quick plays up and down the field, you'll see uh, that Deion Kane, when his is his name or his team is on the field, man, he is running to the line of scrimmage to be able to be ready to do this uh, next play. It's really interesting, and, and, and everybody's doing that, to be fair, but – we're seeing it. I'm, I'm noticing it more as I was watching uh, Kane, just kind of keeping an eye on him to see kind of how what his mannerisms are like on the sideline. If it's different in between plays, if it's a more relaxed look, if it's a guy who's serious about getting to, you know, this is what I'm here for. I'm here for practice. We're in this. You know what I'm saying? You can you can see that there's a lackadaisical uh, appearance from some guys at times in practices and stuff like that. I'm not you're not seeing that from Deion Kane. I think that he's a, a special guy. And I and, and it's not because he's made a couple big plays like everybody talked about in the past with Deron Carter. It's because when he goes up for a ball, he's going up to catch the ball, uh, knowing where he's at on the field, timing it, being able to turn his body, taking a back shoulder approach to it. Um, he's running his routes hard. Like I said, this guy has it all. He does. He's working hard. He's not coming in here with a lackadaisical approach. He is a guy who wants to be better. He wants to be the best. And I think that you've got a real interesting part with here. There's no reason that this guy shouldn't be able to uh, challenge for the number three wide receiver spot as a rookie. Now, as a rookie, you don't get a guy who comes in and is going to be an all pro all the time. And I'm not saying that and that shouldn't be the hype behind him. But the hype should be behind him that his work ethic is there. The guy is he, – he doesn't act like he belonged or he had already made it like Deron Carter did in my person or in my opinion. Deion Kane acts like he's here to be better, that he's here to make himself, you know, the guy. Not that he's already the guy. And there's a big difference for in that for me. So when looking at it, I think that there's a different approach. There's a different kind of hype around Deion Kane. It's not just what you see on the field. It's just not those – hype catches it's just not those exciting catches that he's making on the sideline it's what he's doing to be in position to make those catches for me he's a hard like I said hard worker and I just I never I never personally noticed that from Deron Carter I just got a completely different vibe from watching his practice uh, not on a personal level or anything like that it just wasn't the same and it isn't the same and I think Colts fans should be excited about this guy because you're getting that all that entire approach from what he brings to the table. So Dion Kane, as far as I'm concerned, pretty interesting interview, very down to earth guy, a guy that you can tell is humble when he's ready to, you know, work his butt off to be a pro and to be a good one. And I think we've got, I think we got lucky uh, with this guy. So um, just remember, this isn't just the catches that he's making. It's the all inclusive package that Dion Kane brings right now. And I mean, he's a coachable guy. He does what he's told. It's just exciting to watch this guy and he's happy to do it. That's the best part about it. He knows that this is what he wants to do. So uh, we also, like I said, talked to Frank Reich. We talked to Chester Rogers. Reich again talks a little bit about uh, Andrew Luck, talks about some of the things that are going on with this and kind of uh, his situation as a brand new coach. Um, I think that Frank Reich runs a really good practice, guys. Uh, like I said, everybody kind of runs up to the line of scrimmage. Everybody's ready. Everybody's willing to go. And, you know, the, the position coaches himself, they're fiery dudes, uh, especially, you know, Eberflus and uh, Fair, the line coach. These guys want them to achieve 
or to strive to be perfect. Not that they expect it because they are just, they're ripping their ass. They're getting into them if something doesn't work out right. But you can see that these two positions, as far as I'm concerned, this linebacker group needs Eberflus's attention. And Eberflus is actually coaching the linebackers through the, the position drills. So we've got a guy who's involved in both of the critical areas, as far as I'm concerned, for this very season. Young because of the linebackers inexperience, but the offensive line because the offensive line is so vital to the success of the offense. And I think these are two pretty good coaches for these positions. And I think Frank Reich is running a great practice right now. Uh, no time in between horn and next thing. It is run. It's not, it's not you know, do the dance and, 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 and dive or jump around over here and then get into the drill. These guys are on it. Once the horn sounds to start practice, it's practice. And I think that's going to go a long way towards having these guys prepared as much as they could possibly be. So, uh, and I, I just don't, I think there's a completely different vibe about uh, awareness in general and situational awareness that uh, you're hearing from a lot of these guys, uh, including the coach. And I think that's something, uh, also, as, uh, you know, Stephen Reed had pointed out, this isn't something that you noticed from Pagano coach team at all. So, uh, interesting with Chester Rogers, kind of goes into what his situation was when he was out in California um, about getting ready. About I asked him about what his role is now because he's a guy himself who just isn't uh, – he's just not the guy right now with three complete years of experience. He's been out. He's had trouble you know, completing a season, but he's got a young group of receivers underneath him. How does his role change? So talk to him about that. I did get a couple questions in on Deion Kane. Wasn't able to on Reich. Tried doing it at the last second, and then the PR staff – was pulling Frank Reich aside to do something else. So just missed that, but I still intend to get it in at some point. Um, but some good interviews, guys. We're going to play these successfully. We're not going to uh, have any talk at the end or the beginning or anything like that, or in between, I mean. So we're going to go from one to the other. Uh, Frank Reich, Chester Rogers, and Dion Kane. So we've got some uh, pretty good interviews for you today. Stay tuned to Stampede Blue for all of your Colts uh, training camp needs and news and analysis. So talk to you guys soon uh, right here on the Colts cast. How, any idea how Andrew came back today after? I think it feels good. I mean, he's the good thing is he just into this routine of, and it's been a progression of building up in the throw count. So uh, it's very specific as far as what he does afterwards. Um, so it's nothing new. I think it, it all feels pretty good. When you looked at Andrew, when he was battling shoulder injury compared to now, has he changed the way he's throwing the ball? His, his mechanics of it, is it any different? I just think he's gotten more crisp. You know, is that that's a word we use every now and then. Um, things just you got to have a snap and a crispness to it. You know, because you got to play fast. And so, I think when you're rehabbing through an injury, you know, there there is a little bit where it's just not quite as crisp. And and I've and we've seen that as we've talked to it, we've seen that get better and better. And um, and as and as good as I thought yesterday was, uh, believe me, I, I think there's a a lot of room to go to get even better. So. But you can see what happens when you get in a competitive situation. All of a sudden, you you see a, an opening in a, on a pass, and you have to get it there, and you have to put a little bit more juice on it. And that's hard to sometimes reenact on air when you're rehabbing. But we saw that a, a few times yesterday. What about how he's releasing the ball? The way the way he's throw, actually throwing it is he throwing it any different? The way he's releasing it, or yeah, I know he worked with the coaches in California. Yeah. Is that is that any different? Um, no, there's some little subtle things, but I would say, generally speaking, no. There's some little subtle technique things, you know, um, but nothing dramatic. 
Frank, when we saw him six weeks ago, us, you know, in, in minicamp, we, what we saw then was very different than what we saw yesterday. So it seems like he's come a long way. You got another six weeks to go. Does that give you some perspective on? You just talked about him, yeah. you know, having the opportunity to get even better. Does that give you some perspective, maybe, on where he can be? Yeah, and and I think what happened is, you know, in the spring, when we weren't seeing a whole lot, um, like in my mind, I was kind of projecting what I would. I, I was feeling pretty good, mm-hmm. okay, because what I saw, I, I was felt like I was able to project to what it would look like now. But um, the main key is just keep getting out on the practice field. You know, the big theme that we keep, I'm going to keep saying it over again, over again, you know, toughness, a relentless pursuit to get better every day, an obsession to finish. And you got to be on the field practicing. And when you're a good player, you, you find ways to get better, and he's going to get better. Frank, um, not, to, not to get lost in all this, this was your first practice, really, yesterday as a head coach. What is, has anything, anything surprised you about taking that step up to, to the head coaching position? Is anything? No. Uh, what's you know, the biggest difference? Yeah, I mean, well, the biggest difference is, um, you know, I'm not, well, even as a coordinator, I kind of tended to stay with the quarterbacks most of the time. And I'll still be with the quarterbacks a lot of the time and obviously the offense most of the time. But as a head coach, I'll spread myself around a little bit, um, you know, here and there. And, and really, uh, some of it is just really paying more attention to special teams, you know, as a head coach, just because there's so much situational football that goes into special teams play and understanding all the rules and, and everything we're doing there. So I think that's one significant difference. Frank, Frank when, you, uh, when something Frank. goes wrong, they go to the head coach. Yeah. Uh, logistics, I mean, yeah. practice, whatever. So that's got, that's got to take some time away. There's no doubt. And there was, we had, there was a, a one little thing yesterday when we were starting practice that it was a logistical thing that – um, that happened right out of the gate that I was like, yeah, I didn't think of that, you know, and I had it when we had to make an adjustment and it was on me, you know, it was a new setup, new place, new position for me. And we made the adjustment and learned from it last night, met on it again and ironed it out. What was that thing? <coughs> it was just something as simple as, you know, we had Adam kicking and we had the other team stretching, but because the fields are like this, he would have been kicking into the, them stretching, you know, and <laughs> our back home, our fields are adjacent like this and, um, somehow that I overlooked that detail. Having so kicking the media works better that way. I, that, well, that's a good consideration. <laughs> you, how, does Quentin, how does Quentin look, Nelson? He looks good. I mean, I, he looks good. I think that, um, you know, physically, I think he's gotten better in better shape. Um, you know, I think every rookie, especially when you're in his position, you know, you go around, you're doing all this, tra- you, you know, you, you just tend to, as hard as you want, as much as you want to try to be in your top physical shape it's hard when you're a, the sick pick of the draft or whatever so um, I think he came in here in great shape and I can tell a difference from the spring. Frank any update on the tackles Howard and Anthony? Yeah um, you know Howard Howard would be fine I mean you know I, I think that uh, you know just a little you know just he's a pro he, he'll be ready he'll be ready to go so um, those guys are kind of day to day Anthony is you know, Anthony's going to be a little bit longer. You know, we're just being cautious with him and want to make sure he's really ready to go when he steps out in the field. Frank, how, how did you get guys to, going back to the first year theme here, I mean, what's the key to getting guys to buy in? And, I mean, no matter how good the message, I'm sure humans are naturally skeptical, right, when someone's new. The what? biggest factor to getting guys to buy in is get the right guys in the building to start. You know, um, I learned that a long, long time ago when I was playing in, my coach was Marv Levy and Bill Polian was the GM and it was always about 
get self-motivated, get players who want it, you know, get players who want it, who, who are in it for the right reasons, who, who it's team first. Um, it's not just about all the things that you get from doing this. It's about accomplishing something together. And so a huge, huge, you can't overstate how important it is to get the right guys in the building. If you're trying to set and establish something, it starts with the players. So that, that's what we try to do. Coach, Coach what have you liked about your team's approach to training camp so far? You know there's one a day. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I just think the details, um, guys into everything, um, you know, understanding that every little detail matters. You know, we, we talk about, we'll use a phrase every now and then, everything matters, everything, every little detail, every little meeting. Um, so I just feel like we're focused and, and on point. You, you made it clear on the offense in general up-tempo, spread it around, use everybody. But yesterday you mentioned, and you've got to get the chunk plays. Well, the only guy that consistently got in chunk plays is T.Y. How concerned are you that you've got to develop that from somebody else? Yeah, I, I'm not overly concerned about it because um, I think that's part of our job. I mean, we, you know, T.Y. has proven over his career he's a vertical chunk play guy. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of what we do in the offense, there, there's multiple ways to get chunk plays um, you'll see us do a lot of stuff schematically where um, and we hit one or two of them yesterday where we hit a little shallow route where the ball's traveling about 10 yards in the air and it's a 25 yard gain based on some things schematically and coverage and the way and the technique in which we teach certain things so um, you know if we can do that I, I think we can expand the, the guys who get in that big playmaker category. But, but again, it, it, it's, it's a simple question, but chunk plays, you, you, you've got to have. You just can't grind yeah. it. Grind well, just it. look at the stats. I mean, if you look at the stats, um, you know, and, and I, I look at this every year, you know, how hard is it to sustain 10 play drives and uh, 10, 12, 14 play drives? And, and we want to do that and we will do that. But really, the winning formula, the winning formula is chunk plays. I mean, it's consistency, avoid the negative plays, right? Don't turn the ball over, but then you got to have guys that can make those chunk plays and turn, you know, so that it's a six, seven play drive rather than 14 play drive. Yeah, he, Dion, Dion absolutely has big playability. I mean, we knew that coming in and it showed up in OTAs and, the, and even yesterday in the first practice. Trying to know the offensive line is fluid because you got guys out, but um, there's, there's two guys I wanted to ask you about. Uh, Muhor, I, I believe, was playing some tackle. He hasn't done that here in a long time. Is that something you're just evaluating, looking at, or do you think that's something that that may, you know, he may do for you. You know, and, and then Haig also continuing to take those, yeah, no those snaps um, center. You know, yeah, Jack, I mean, it's not Jack's primary position, but, um, you know, he, Jack's a real pro, smart guy, and some of it was by necessity, mm -hmm. you know, just with the other guys down. Um, but I think that, you know, if you're primarily, you really, if we're only going to keep seven offensive linemen active, unless you can snap the ball, you need to play multiple yeah. positions. So, um Anybody, you have to do that. So when you have a situation like we do with a couple tackles down, it's a great way and a great opportunity to get a guy out there and get a feel in case that happens. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice, whether it's who to play in fantasy, who's going to win, who's going to be a top performer. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you've got to check out my bookie. You guys know by now I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, individual bets, team bets. They've got it all, guys. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Remember, 
Who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. I just did that literally the other day. Trust me, guys, they are the best bet this season. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use my promo code BLUECOLTS to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use my promo code BLUECOLTS when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Lay down some cash and win big today. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for advice. Whether it's who to play in fantasy, who's going to win, who's going to be a top performer. The truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. You guys know by now I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, individual bets, team bets. They've got it all, guys. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. I just did that literally the other day. Trust me, guys, they are the best bet this season. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use my promo code BLUECOLTS to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use my promo code BLUECOLTS when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Lay down some cash and win big today. Chester, you may be one who has some of the greatest perspective in terms of Andrew's development over the past few weeks. What have you seen since your time in California between then and then getting out on the field yesterday? Uh, just the confidence, you know, coming back. You know, that's, that's a start. You know, he's, he's been out for a while, but just to see the confidence in him and, you know, believing in his arm. So that's pretty much what I've seen. What was, uh, was it your idea or his idea for you to go out to uh, – Stanford, even though we didn't see a quarterback throwing you the ball in the video. Well, initially, I went out, I told you, I went out there for a contract talk with the Warriors, and he just so happened. <laughs> <laughs> he just so happened to hit me up. And, Did um, that fall through, that contract? No, nah, it fell through, you know. Got, they took got all their players. They, they took Boogie instead. Yeah, they took Boogie, but um, <laughs> yeah, we just we just linked up and we talked about it, and I mean, I felt like it was a good, you know, three days while we was out there. How much have you maybe <laughs> seen his velocity grow since then, based off what you saw yesterday in the practice field? Honestly, it's, it's kind of been the same. It was it was on point from from the get go. I mean, like I said, he's he's been out for a while. He's been training, so he's been there. You guys got a squirrely uh, receivers room. It, it's really young. I mean, Ty, what is it, seventh year, and, so, and you're sort of a veteran too. Uh, what's what's that room like? We got a lot of versatility. You know, um, with Ty, you know you know how he can play. You know how I play um, with Brian, and then you got Dion and the other younger guys. I and mean, we got a lot of versatility. Everybody brings something different to the table. So. Is that, you, is that you strive to be that, two, that number two guy, or what, what is your mindset going into camp? Yeah, I mean, I'm not coming here complacent. You know, um, it's a battle. It's a training camp battle. And, I'm, you know, I'm gunning for the number two. But, you know, everybody's on the same page. And the offense is all about the chunk plays. We were talking to Coach about that, getting the ball down the field. You've shown that, haven't you? Do you feel like you can be the big, a big play guy? Definitely. I mean, I feel like I bring that to the table, playmaking, get the ball in my hand, and pretty much whatever they need me to do, that's what I'm here for. Do you, do you feel like you haven't been able to tap your full potential yet because – Unfortunately, you've been kind of snake bitten with with injuries last year in training camp. I think you got dinged up for a little bit in OTA. Do you feel like there's just still more to show? Of course, I haven't even got close to my potential. I feel like you know, 
Well, like you said, with the injuries and everything, I got a lot of things to prove. I ain't even got nowhere close to it. Do you? Uh, I remember when you came in uh, the start of the offseason, you were talking about the difference you noticed in the building and, all, and how things were running. What was it about Coach Wright from day one that if, if this happened, what was it that sold you? How did he sell you? I mean, Coach Wright, like his, his energy, and you know, you could tell that he was genuine and how much he cared about us already and, and that he wanted to come in and win. It's not like a, we're, you know, building for years on. Of course we are, but he's coming to win right now. And, I mean, once he saw us that, everybody was locked in. Yeah. And this, now, now that you've gotten to know him a little bit and you, he's an offensive guy, obviously, so you spend a little more time with him, what's the, what has stood out just about you know, the way he – you play for various head coaches at different levels. You know, what's, what's unique about him? Of course, with him and, uh, and Nick on the, court, uh, the coordinator, bringing both of their minds together, just what they bring to the table in their offenses, you can see how they break everything down. They got to answer for everything that mm-hmm. the defense brings. So to know that you got coaches like that, it's going to dial it up. I'm excited, you know, just to play on it. Have you become a smarter football player of this offseason? Of course, season? you got you to gotta be on your, you know, P's and Q's with coaches like this because they're giving you so much ability to, you know, room to do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to be on Okay. Chester, what was the main goal of the work in California that you wanted to get done? Um, well, like I said, I was one, you know, he had just started th- uh, throwing to a moving target. So just to get the chemistry back, you know, I played one year with him. But just to get back on the same page and get back throwing. Do you feel that chemistry is there? Is it something that needs to grow? Yeah, I mean, we, we still got a lot of stuff to work on, you know. But I feel like we do we do have the chemistry. With such a young roster, you're obviously going to need some of the rookies to come up and get trippy pretty quickly. Has Deion Kane shown you some things that he might be a guy who can possibly do that? Most definitely. I think everybody saw that yesterday when he went up for the deep ball. I mean, that's something that defense has got to respect. So, Deion bring that in, it definitely helps. Aside from on the field, how do you see your role with this new young group? Has it changed from last year? Yeah, i got to be more vocal. i got to help, you know, uh, you know, T.Y. is the oldest, but I'm, I'm also a leader. So, i got to, you know, tap into that, my part of my game. Spent some time this summer with, with Randy Moss. What was that experience like? Uh, great experience. Back home in Tampa, Florida, where I'm normally born and raised. Uh, he came down to uh, train me and some of the other guys. Um, it was a blessing that you know, he's around. I learned a lot from him, from a future Hall of Famer, and we put a good week works uh, work in, and I learned a lot from him. What were some of the things you were trying to pick up when, when you went to do that? Mostly just to learn how to, like, you know, attack DB's leverages, um, learn how to uh, learn, learn how to run certain routes and different coverages, and uh, you know, just really learn more about the NFL and learn how to be a pro. Um, just more, just a little bit, mostly things about football, but also he taught me things about like learning how to be a pro, showing up in meetings, and you know, learn how to approach different things, stuff like that. So it's more than just on the football side, but I learned a lot just from that. Dion, how did, sorry, how did that come about? How did you? Get uh, mostly because my trainer that I normally um, play with, uh, Randy Moss, okay. and he's been around with me for a long time since like growing up and stuff like that. So. We always kept in touch, and then he just wanted, you know, now I got drafted and stuff, he wanted, you know, uh, enforce me on how to be a pro and actually learn how to attack this league, so. How have you, uh, how would you assess your first, I guess you only have one practice, but going even back to the OTAs and the minicamp, how would you assess your start? Uh, I mean, as of right now, I think I think it's just a good start right now. And I'm just really just trying to stay consistent at this point. Um, just keep on working from here. Um, I just, I like my role right now as I am right now, and I just really want to be, um, a fit for this team, and uh, so we can win a lot of ball games around here. What was your reaction when the first time Randy said he wanted to work with you? Uh, I mean, it was a blessing. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, everybody looks up to Randy Moss, who don't want to, you know, work with one of the the, the best receivers in the game. So um, and I learned a lot from him, and just for him giving us his time and teaching me that the game is just a blessing for me and my family. When did he ask you to work out? I'm, I'm sorry, hold on. Okay. When, when did he 
at what point did you start working out with him? Um, I think this was, uh, I want to say, the beginning of July. And I kind of scheduled this like way in March just because once I finished everything, I knew who I wanted to work with in order to, you know, so I could be ready for training camp and all that stuff. Because, I mean, it's, uh, plus there's other great receivers out. But, you know, Randy Moss is probably one of my favorites, and I thought he would be the best one. He was so good at using his size. And that's something we saw you do yesterday and, and through uh, OTAs. Um, is that how big a part of that is your is it in your game? I guess uh, that's a very big a part of my game because I mean I'm six one. Maybe I'm not the biggest, but I gotta usually use my my size to you know separate from defenders. And uh, he taught me a lot throughout the time of training with him where to put my hands, where how to use my body against different things. And um, and I think that's gonna help me out just through my career and just as a player. So I just feel like if I just keep on working on those little things, it'll even look even better. Was it you guys just one on one, or were you in a group setting? Uh, most of the time it was group settings, but I mean he does like certain things one on ones and. After hours, doing extra work with him and stuff like that. So um, just really trying to put that time in with him. If there's one takeaway with him that you want to use, only one, what would you say would it be? Um, when the ball's in the air, it's just you, you and the ball. I could say this one thing is that because um, just going back from off, it's just like I always used to just be try to like when I go in deep balls and situations and stuff like that, I always just try to think about too much. Now I just got to just focus in on just one thing. So I just try to just take in and try to put it all in one and just go and attack that wall. Do you, see, do, you, do you believe it's working? Even during OTAs, there were a couple of times we saw where, especially in the back of the end zone, where you just snag balls. <laughs> it's just after repetition. The more the more I keep repping and the more I keep doing, the more I get used to it. And like I said, as my reps increase in practice, the more I keep doing, the more you guys will see. Um, because at the end of the day, I'm putting in the work and it's going to show it more on the field. Was your work with Randy more about body control as far as in the catch at the catch point, or was it involved a lot of the intricacies in route running as well? It's really all all in three. Like he was teaching me all of it at once, and it's a blessing because he was able to do that. And some of the stuff already, you know, I'm capable of doing. He just enhanced it uh, ten times more. So I'm actually happy about that, and it helped me out. So uh, I think it'll be uh, good for me. Dion, for you to earn playing time this year, what do you think is the biggest? hurdle maybe that you have to clear to make sure that his coaches have to trust you. Uh, really to um, earn respect for my teammates and that starts from practice that starts from the meeting rooms that starts from eating all that stuff just really approach everything as a pro and I want to earn my respect around here from the teammates the coaches the staff everybody that I'm a I'm a good player on and off the field I'm going to do my time on the field I'm going to go hard all that stuff so it's going to take time but just take it day by day. Well you obviously you took exception to being drafted in the sixth round when you met with teams what did you what do you think their doubts were about you? And, um, and, and do you feel like whatever those are, have you addressed them, do you feel like? Um, really, I just, doubts are, everybody's going to have doubts about a typical player. But um, at the end of the day, all I can do is be me. And they just got to get a feel out for them myself. Anybody can, I mean, can just say what they have. But I want everybody to know me just for myself. I'm always be honest anything to anyone. So I try to be open. I try to be honest. Try to, you know, let everyone know who I am. And if they don't get a feel for it, then I can't do nothing about it. As long as I gave my 100%, that's all I can just approach to everyone. What, what, what lesson did you learn from what happened at Clemson? Uh, mostly just put your goals in front of you. Uh, think think, think uh, first before you do anything. And um, and it helped me mature over, you know, in life and just be a, a man and help me just, like, emerge and to be that, that, that guy for my family and for myself. So uh, it really taught me a lot. Like I can say, I can go back, back, and back, and back. But it taught me a lot, and I'm just trying to just move on forward from here. You went to Clemson as a quarterback. Are you still – young as we're seeing? Are you still raw? Uh, I can just say I'm still a little raw, but I mean, I'm up and coming though because I put in the work and I know like I had to make that transition, but at the end of the day, I know what I'm, what I'm here for and I'm going I'm to excel at it. Are there things from playing quarterback now that you can use on, you see the field differently, obviously, like that 
can you use it's some of those certain things like just knowing coverages know where to be at in certain spots because you know i play the quarterback i know where receivers are supposed to be at certain things like that so i try to try to help the quarterback out certain times yeah i'm gonna be here at this time you know so it actually is a good thing for me because i played that side of the ball too so i understand where the quarterbacks are from and it's that actually helped me to make my time better and be on efficient on routes and stuff Compared to like T.Y. and Chester, obviously you're a little taller than those guys. Do you feel like you bring a unique skill set that can complement and maybe earn yourself some playing time? Uh, most definitely. Um, I mean, those guys, Chester and T.Y., those those guys are amazing just to be at that, you know, that size and what they're capable of doing. But uh, just coming from where I came from and planning the boundary and all that type of stuff, being a bigger receiver with speed and stuff like that, I see that as a plus in the offense because you got a bigger guy that's not, you know, really small and shifty and stuff, but he can make separation against those big corners now. As the corner, uh, the, the corners in the league are now transitioned to like 6'2", six, 6'3", six, you can have a boundary receiver the same size as those that go and attack that and open up more space for T.Y., Chester, Eric Ebron, Jack Doyle, those guys to get open. So, How important do you feel it is for you to be able to run the entire route tree short, intermediate game to be able to also to open it up? I think that's deep? very important. I mean, in order to be that guy receiver, you should always be, you know, able to run multiple different routes. You want to put me in the backfield, I can run a swing route or something like that. Either way, you just want to be a good asset for the team so your team can know they can put you anywhere and they can trust you anywhere too. And this, it feels like in, in Coach Wright's offense, that's important too because it doesn't feel like guys have really specific roles. Everybody has to do everything. Is that true? Um, mostly that's, that's just how it is, how they're trying to put everybody in different roles. But at the end of the day, whatever they give you, they just want you to execute that. And I'm pretty sure they feel that you're going to help us at this team uh, in the best way. So and I feel like my role right now is probably like one of the best. And um, all the other guys, rookies, vets, all that stuff, how we're moving around. I'm loving everything right now in this offense. They've been looking for somebody to kind of make some out plays and take some of that pressure out of Are you that guy? Uh, it could be anybody, really. Uh, if, 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 it's, if it's my number call, I'm going to make that play. Anybody else at the end of the day, I think uh, we got the guys in the room from the starters, the backups, we got to make those tough plays. Let's air it out. Fire out. Let's air it out. Yeah. Stampede Blue. The two megastars summer mashup, the awesome iPhone on the Rockstar Metro PCS Network. Get the iPhone you've always wanted for zero dollars so you can jam without limits. It's a hit. Get an iPhone SE on us when you switch. Metro PCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax and $10 activation fee. Requires port in of number not currently active on T Mobile Network or on Metro PCS in past 90 days to an unlimited LTE plan. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies, like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. 
when you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.